Funding for Smart Talk is provided by Capital Blue Cross, providing health care coverage accepted by doctors and specialists in all 50 states. Serving the community for over 75 years, Capital Blue Cross is behind you for whatever lies ahead. More information is available at capbluecross.com. Capital Blue Cross, live fearless. Smart Talk is also supported by Pinnacle Health, committed to research that improves health, reduces recovery times, and brings new treatments and therapies to our area before they are available elsewhere. More information is at pinnaclehealth.org. Welcome to Smart Talk. I'm Scott Lamar. Amish horse and buggies are a common sight in this part of Pennsylvania. The buggies are equipped with headlights, turn signals, and a fluorescent orange triangle, a placard at the rear. What they don't have is a Pennsylvania license plate. Democratic State Representative Mike Hanna wants to change that, and he's proposed vehicle registration and plates to be displayed on buggies with the money going toward road repairs. So what do the Amish think, and what about you? What do you think? Do you think that the the Amish horse and buggies should have license plates? 1-800-729-7532 is our phone number, or you can send an email to smarttalk at witf.org. Our guest during this portion of the program is Dr. Stephen Nolt, professor of history and Anabaptist studies, the senior scholar at the Young Center for Anabaptist and Pietist Studies at Elizabethtown College. Dr. Nolt, good to see you again. Thanks. Nice to be here. And again, 1-800-729-7532. wanted to do this program because, first of all, it is a little bit unusual, mm-hmm. but uh, in the almost seven years I've been hosting this program, almost any time we talk about the Amish, there are a lot of questions from our <laughs> audience, even though we here in central Pennsylvania live amongst the Amish and have most of our lives, still have a lot of questions because... We just don't know a whole lot about them. So you have not uh, talked to uh, Amish uh, here in central Pennsylvania about this proposal. Mm -hmm. But what are your thoughts on what they would think of putting license plates on the back of the buggies? Yeah, well, um, I imagine that, that like most of us, they're not out looking for uh, more uh, fees to, to pay. <laughs> so it's probably uh, not something that they're, that they're really uh, excited about. Um, the the Amish folks um, around the country. I mean, for, for for Amish people everywhere, this would be a fairly new idea. Uh, Indiana is the only state that um, permits the licensing of uh, of buggies, and that's not statewide. Uh, it's there was uh, legislation passed back in the 1950s in Indiana that allowed counties to license buggies, and so uh, there in Indiana, some counties do, and some counties don't. Um, but uh, it's it's kind of a new idea, so uh, it it may be uh, it may, may be coming as a surprise uh, to people here. Uh, by the way, uh, I'm sure everyone who uh, drives a motor vehicle is aware, but it's thirty six dollars to register a vehicle here in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. at least a car, and uh, that's what it would cost uh, the Amish operators of their their horse and buggies as well. Uh, this would just seem to be one more part of adding to the horse and buggy. There are lights, mm-hmm. headlights, turn signals, and of course, I mentioned that orange placard. When did that all occur? And I mean, is this something I, I assume that the Amish now just look at that as, oh, oh, that's part of putting the horse and buggy on the road? Right. Yeah. And um, the the uh, the different components of a buggy uh, vary from place to place across the country. You know, there are more than five hundred different Amish communities in the United States. And um, each of them has its own uh, traditions and customs that are a little bit different. And then they're also in um, 30-some states that maybe have different um, uh, different regulations. So you end up with a lot of uh, variety from, from place to place. In general, um, the, the Lancaster, Chester, York County, and, and I would include um, – um, Cumberland and and Dolphin counties in Lebanon as well uh, tend to be a bit more on the shall we say progressive end of the Amish spectrum nationally um, and so um, things like the the orange triangle when that was introduced in the late 60s and early 70s um, or or other innovations maybe not coming from the state but things like disc brakes for example are were things that were uh, accepted around here in this region uh, more readily than in some other places so in some parts of the United States some of the um, the very conservative Amish groups for example the uh, group that's popularly known as the Schwarzentruber Amish which is a very conservative uh, subgroup um, 
uh, have objected to the use of the um, the orange triangle, the the slow moving vehicle, uh, and in most states uh, have worked out an, an agreement in which instead of having the uh, instead of having the the orange triangle, they outline the the back of their buggy in silver reflective tape. Um, so so you you have some of those uh, some of those issues depending on the state, depending on uh, on on the group um, and. You would see that with other, uh, shall we say, amenities to Amish buggies. So Swartz and Truber uh, folks, for example, would not have storm fronts on their buggies. They would be, they would just be uh, open to the air in the front, and uh, they wouldn't have some of the other things that one might find in a typical Lancaster Amish buggy, like. Um, um, cup holders or a speedometer or uh, some of those things that that they one have finds. all those in the in the buggy. Uh, it, well, it would depend, um, but you would you would find some of those things in Amish buggies uh, here in the Lancaster area. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I I say really because I have to admit I've never been inside an Amish buggy. Yeah, I did not realize that uh, there were cup holders. Did not realize there was a speedometer. Or disc brakes, and I'm okay. Yeah. That's just me. Maybe a lot of other people out there knew that, but uh, yeah. that may be a surprise. One of the other uh, relatively new things that's um, that's coming into Amish buggy design uh, here in in this part of the state are what uh, Amish folks typically call airbags, which is a little confusing because you and I hear that right. and we think of a safety feature. Right. But when they say airbags, it's um, they mean a, a kind of uh, um, uh, pneumatic. Um, spring or cushion. So instead of the, the uh, elliptic, what are called elliptical springs that, that you'd see on the bottom of buggies, there would now be either two in the front or four uh, at, at each point uh, on the on the, um, on, on the uh, carriage box, uh, there would be a uh, pneumatic spring for a bit of uh, or a pneumatic uh, cushion uh, that they call airbags that, that make for a smoother ride. Again, you'd go to a Swartz and Truber community in upstate New York. Uh, they're not going to have anything like that. Hmm. Let's take some phone calls. Jim is in York. Jim, you're on the air. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Go How ahead. are you today? I'm doing well. Hey, I appreciate you taking my call. Now, I'm I I'm from York. I live in York, and in southern York County, there is a a few Amish. My wife is from Lancaster, and when we were dating, I, I just saw Amish buggies all over the place, and the Amish did a really nice job of staying off to the right, out of the way. One of the things I've noticed. No matter where I drive in Pennsylvania, I see large, large farm equipment, large construction equipment. And there's times I look in the back of them and I'm thinking, and, and there's no license plate. So my thing, and I've, I've been listening to what you've had to say is, make it fair and equitable. If you're gonna tell the Amish they need to get a license plate and do a couple of other things, then we need to do that same thing with our farm equipment which is traveling down our roads and a lot heavier and more destructive to the roads and constructive equipment, construction equipment. So thanks for taking my call. Hey, Jim, thank you very much for your call. And Jim's call is, you know, not looking for uh, Dr. Nolte to give a response to all these, but this is an opportunity for you to state your opinion of whether you think the Amish uh, should get license plates. But he brings up a point that, uh, you know, if, if you've been in any part of rural Pennsylvania and farm country, uh, often you will get behind a, a tractor and those tractors often, or even the farm equipment, if it's you know, a trailer or something like that, uh, just has the orange placard as well. Mm-hmm. So Jim is of the opinion that if you're going to go uh, with Amish buggies, that uh, you go even further with uh, that farm equipment as well. Heather is in Elizabethtown. Heather, you're on the air. Hi. I definitely do not agree with putting license plates on those buggies. It's just another way for you know the government to tax us and monitor us. I'm not Amish. But, I mean, I know I spend over $5,000 every year for registrations on my vehicles um, for my company, for my business. I don't think that they're, they, they need to be left alone. And that gentleman that brought this up and, hey, said, hey, this is a good idea, it's all for revenue. I hope they don't reelect him because it's just another way for them to pick on these farmers you know, and get more money. Next thing you know, they'll be out there trying to get us to get license plates on our kids' bikes. And don't think it won't happen, because it will. It hey, will. Heather, thank you very much for your call. A uh, couple things there, that, uh, and Heather touched on this, uh, that 
the money Representative Hannah in uh, Center County and Clinton County represents, uh, the money that would be raised from this registration on Amish buggies would go toward repairing the roads where mm-hmm. the steel wheels of the buggies have uh, created some problems. Mm-hmm. Um, there are places where and I, there are, I, I can distinctly think of a few places in southern Lancaster County. Mm-hmm. I, I was just talking to you ahead of time about Route 896, uh, six, uh, south of Strasburg, uh, where there was so much uh, buggy traffic that you actually can see some ruts in the road where the steel wheels w- would go. What do you think? You know, we were also talking about the Amish having a, a civic responsibility, because mm-hmm. uh, we're going to talk about voting a little bit in, mm-hmm. in, in just a little bit. but. Do they think of it? Would you? Th- and I know you're. Sp- I'm asking you to speculate, but to look at that and say, okay, these buggies do cause some problems to roads. Yeah, we'll contribute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, any of us who drive uh, in the area around here are are aware or see. Um, um, where uh, buggy wheels as well as uh, horseshoes are uh, making an impact on the road. So um, I think, yeah, that's that's pretty clear. Um, whether uh, you know whether this sort of uh, licensing would um, and the, the fees generated from that would uh, really make a uh, make a big impact, uh, I'm not sure. Um, in in Indiana, just to use again, I go back there because it's the one one kind of practical um, comparison that we have, um, and it varies by county. But in Elkhart County, uh, Indiana, there they've had to grapple with. Uh, I mean, when you actually get down sort of the details of this. You, you you get into questions like uh, one of the previous callers asked, like, well, what what kind? I mean, is it just buggies? Is it farm equipment? Is it? And so, like, the ordinance in Elkhart County has a, a set of fees for a buggy, but then also horse-drawn wagons, but then has to uh, deal with horse-drawn farm equipment or other farm equipment. So it can get kind of complicated when you're when you're um, listing or trying to figure out exactly who this is going to apply, uh, how this will apply. Um, one of the things that here we have here in the Lancaster area, and and in uh, um, and in other parts of some other parts of Pennsylvania, including Center County and and Dolphin and Cumberland and Lebanon, is that Amish buggies do have um, do have steel tires. Um, in some other parts of the United States, Amish buggies actually have have rubber tires. They're not pneumatic rubber tires, but they are they are um, the the wheels are are banded with with rubber. So the the fact that there are steel wheels here, I think, does contribute to uh, the sense that that the roads are are being uh, impacted. Curious. Um those who the Amish who operate uh, the buggies are they licensed? Do they have to get a driver's license? Uh, no, there are there are um, there are some uh, Amish buggy safety courses and and. Uh, uh, like a driver, a buggy driver's manual. Yeah, um, I want to read from that. In just that a few was minutes, that was produced in Indiana. Uh, sorry, produced in Pennsylvania, and actually has been copied and modified in some other states. Actually, I think Lancaster was the, or Pennsylvania, but specifically Lancaster was the first, um, the first municipality in conjunction with what's called the Amish Safety Committee. So there's a, there's a group of of Amish lay leaders that are um, that meet regularly to discuss and then work in uh, education uh, in the Amish community on very safe. Safety issues, farm safety, equipment safety, road safety, and uh, they developed um, they developed this uh, buggy manual for for uh, drivers. It, it, it is interesting reading too. Again, mm-hmm. I will read in just a few minutes uh, from from that manual. At what age do um, Amish boys? And I don't know, girl, do girls uh, operate uh, buggies as well? I mean, I've seen them on wagons, but I don't know about the the buggies. I mean, w- at what age do they stop or, op- or start operating the buggies? Yeah, I think this uh, varies a little bit by by family. I mean, you would see in some cases, in some places, uh, some um, maybe seventh and eighth grade children taking a, a buggy cart to school with some other children, um, and um, particular uh, sorry, buggy cart, pony cart. Um, uh, usually, it's it's after children have finished school after eighth grade. Um, but in general, um, you know, the the oldest person, usually the oldest male, uh, in you know, so the the father, whoever, when the family is going out or a group is going out, is is going to drive. Um, Do women uh, drive though? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I've seen in open air, and I have seen uh, yeah. teenage uh, young women uh, with with wagons, the pony carts, as you, right. as, you, as you called them. But I, I guess I hadn't looked close enough to see whether uh, you know there was a, a woman operating uh, the buggy or not. Yeah, if, if the whole family's going out, then it would uh, generally be the father who's driving. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR news and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar.
Smart Talk is supported by Capital Blue Cross, providing health care coverage accepted by doctors and specialists in all 50 states. More information is available at capbluecross.com. Capital Blue Cross, live fearless. Smart Talk is also supported by Pinnacle Health, bringing quality care to your community through Harrisburg, Community General Osteopathic, and West Shore Hospitals. More information on our locations is available at pinnaclehealth.org. We're talking about a proposal to register Amish vehicles, horse and buggies, and uh, have them display license plates. Yeah, I know this isn't a a huge topic, a controversial topic in Pennsylvania, but since uh, we are here in uh, uh, where many, many Amish live here in central Pennsylvania, and it would be different. This would be much different for uh, so many Amish throughout Pennsylvania. That's why we're discussing it today. Our guest is Dr. Stephen Nolt, professor of history and Anabaptist studies, senior scholar at the Young Center for Anabaptist and Pietist Studies at Elizabethtown College. If you have a question or a comment, we're asking you, what do you think about this idea of uh, registering and uh, putting license plates on the back of Amish horse and buggies? 1-800-729-7532 is the number to call. You can send an email to smarttalk at witf.org. You can leave a question or a comment on WITF's Facebook page. On Twitter, we are at smarttalkwitf. Again, that phone number, 1-800-729-7532. Let's take a phone call from Tim and Carlisle. Tim, you're on the air. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Yes, you're welcome. Um, I think this is a really interesting discussion. Um, I'm a delivery driver. I do many deliveries to Amish businesses throughout Lancaster and Cumberland County. Um, And your guest comments on how the Amish communities in central Pennsylvania are more progressive compared to other sects, I think it's rather interesting and maybe one of the reasons why um, the legislature thinks that they might be able to pass this, uh, because the Amish community in this area does seem to be more integrated into quote-unquote modern society. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've delivered to like Amish businesses that run forklifts, run electric machinery and like woodworking shops. Um, and stuff like that. Um, so I think this is a really interesting and debatable issue. I'm not entirely sure where I come down with it personally, but I think this is a really interesting issue, and I think that what I was just stating might have some kind of impact on whether this may or may not pass. All right. Thank you very much for your call. Amish community here in Pennsylvania, more progressive? Uh, particularly like the the Lancaster, Chester, uh, Dolphin, Northern Cumberland, uh, or, or Cumberland, Northern Franklin County area. Uh, yes, uh, broadly speaking, compared with the country as a whole. Um, some other parts of Pennsylvania, some of the uh, areas, say, in the Big Valley, Mifflin County area, or in uh, Western Franklin County and Path Valley, uh, you'd find Amish communities that are that are much more uh, much more conservative than uh, perhaps the folks that, that this driver is, is interacting with. So uh, there certainly is variety with Within, within Pennsylvania as well. Now, when we say progressive, progressive in what way? Um, so uh, that would include some of the things that he mentioned, like uh, the degree of integration with the wider economy, um, uh, a range of businesses that uh, are not, strictly speaking, uh, agricultural, um, economic um, enterprises that are not subsistent, but uh, subsistence, but are, are um, uh, engaged in uh, interstate and some cases maybe even international uh, sales. Um, but also in certain, um, I guess, other maybe less tangible ways, um, the way in which Amish schools are are uh, set up, for example. I mean, in general, Amish schools are all the same, as in they all go through eighth grade and have uh, taught by Amish teachers and have a similar curriculum. But um, in the Lancaster area. Um, there would be um, there would be more emphasis on on uh, on education as something that is uh, that is valuable uh, in and of itself. In uh, some more conservative Amish settlements, again, I use the example of the the very conservative Swartz and Truber group. Uh, Amish schools are um, probably fairly. Um, uh, minimalist in their in their in their approach to to education and 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 some of what that communicates to to children. So um, yeah, those are would be some kinds of examples. Let's take some phone calls here. Joe is in Hershey. Joe, you're on the air. I don't know. I don't know what happened to Joe there, but uh, one of the things that Joe suggested uh, is that. Uh, 
safety for better safety for buggies they should have safety flags and lighting to make it easier for motorists now you mentioned uh, dr nolt that uh, driving manual for amish here in pennsylvania and you have one mm -hmm. from indiana as well there i look through it there is a lot of emphasis on lighting mm -hmm. uh in in that manual talks about uh, anytime you know even before it's dark you see motor vehicles on the road uh, with their lights on, that the Amish are advised to get their lights on, uh, mm -hmm. that those vehicles are not as easily seen as a, a regular motor vehicle. But something else that, uh, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people have questioned this when they have uh, passed a, a, a buggy, a horse and buggy, is how far to the right do they go? Mm -hmm. I want to read from that Pennsylvania manual, and this is something you probably wouldn't read in a non-Amish driving manual. At all times, we should be willing to stop and let the faster traffic go by. Never think, I have just as much right on the road as he has. That is true according to the law, but at the same time, it is our Christian duty to always practice the golden rule and not hog the road. We should consider it a privilege to use the road and not a right. Being respectful and courteous on the road is an excellent opportunity for us, in our small way, to be the light of the world. Let us not darken it by being inconsiderate to our fellow travelers and by demanding our rights. As I said, something you probably would not see in a PennDOT manual for right. motor vehicles. Right. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, Amish folks themselves, as an expression of their of their uh, 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 value of, of humility, would probably also then be quick to say, well, very often we don't live up to that. But nonetheless, uh, that's that's uh, very much the kind of thing that they would be uh, advocating and, and uh, as you say in the manual, communicating to young drivers uh, in their families. And, and in that manual, it does tell, it does advise uh, buggy operators, drivers, as it refers to them, and uh, according to this proposal that a horse and uh, buggy is referred to as a vehicle, just like a motor vehicle, advise them to get to the right as much as they can uh, to allow motor vehicles to pass. Uh, what's the most dangerous? I mean, you've had interaction with many Amish over the years. You probably have heard anecdotes. What's the most dangerous situation on the road for an Amish horse and buggy? Yeah, uh, hmm, a lot of different uh, different stories, but um, individuals, pa uh, 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 motor vehicles passing um, too closely, um, sometimes um, noise from the side of a road, um, uh, being at a being at an intersection and the the horse is stopped and sometimes we'll step backward and and if someone has in a car has pulled up too close behind the buggy uh, say at an intersection the the buggy may um, roll back a bit um, uh, just general speed the, the the speed of of motor vehicles that are that are around them um, do do the Amish uh, buggy drivers have insurance they have uh, there's a there's a system of um, church aid, uh, uh, liability aid that, that functions within the Amish church that is not, uh, not like commercial insurance, but has a, a similar, similar kind of function. Uh, the Amish church um, values the church having those kind of financial responsibilities for, for uh, members, and so they don't participate in commercial insurance generally, but uh, would, have, would have that same kind of, they would call mutual aid or um, uh, sharing uh, of of those kind of costs and so liabilities. So it's much like healthcare, much like healthcare. Yeah. That mm -hmm. when uh, uh, you know someone, an, an Amish person goes into the hospital and needs treatment, that uh, the money comes from the, what has been pulled through the church. Correct. Yeah, uh, and again, different different Amish settlements in different parts of the state or the country. Uh, that that system is more formalized or systematized than in others. In some places, it's more uh, ad hoc and after the fact, and in other places, it's a little more. Um, it's a little more systematized, and again, not like insurance with actuarial tables, but but um, um, collecting some money in advance and having some some reserves and so on. Let's take a phone call from Noel or Noel in Lancaster. Sorry, I went Christmas on you, Noel. Uh, Noel, you're on the air. Oh, it's it's actually Noel. Oh, it is Noel. Okay, <laughs> that's all right. Um, I had two questions. Um, one, I was wondering if there is any benefit. To licensing the buggies outside of the fees and the financial aspect to it going towards roads. I was wondering if there's any other purpose to licensing there. Um, and I had another question, which is, have 
we ever looked into further regulations such as a minimum age requirement because growing up in Strasburg, I'd see a lot of 8-year-olds and 10-year-olds riding buggies on the roads with cars, and I never understood how that was safe. Um, I'll take your responses off there. All right. Thank you very much for your call. I, I don't know whether you can answer this question about anything other than the financial. Uh, that's what the legislation says, is that the, the money derived from it would go toward road repairs where uh, there is heavy traffic of uh, Amish buggies with uh, with steel wheels. And you did touch on... Um, you know the the age she i mean i i have seen young people too but i mean eight or nine years old yeah um i don't know i imagine there there are some cases like that i can't uh i can't really speak to the uh you know the the prevalence of that of that sort of thing but uh um yeah it it does happen Mm -hmm. and you know something else that uh, noelle brought up though when she's asking about is there any reason i want to turn that question around a little bit uh is there any religious reason for the Amish to object to this? Mm -hmm. um, it's, again, some of the most conservative Amish groups, which are not necessarily the ones that are that are generally in, in, uh, in your listening area here, but uh, nationally, some of the most conservative Amish groups uh, have had some religious objections to being uh, enumerated or having numbers assigned to them. Uh, they might, for example, uh, accept Social Security numbers but not actually use them. Um, or um, have have there have been some objections to um, in Wisconsin among some very conservative Amish groups to the the um, the numbering with ear tags of of, of cattle, for example, um, and the the Schwarzentruber Amish. Uh, one of their objections uh, to the bright orange triangle was that the the triangle is a symbol of the Trinity and should not be uh, made into some kind of state symbol. Uh, those are the kinds of arguments, though, that I've never really encountered among Amish people in this part of the state. So I think um, that that's a it's a good question, but it's not one that I think we can answer for all Amish people. Before we uh, take more phone calls and emails, uh, you brought something along with you that I think it's interesting, uh, kind of a little pamphlet, a catalog, if you will, of uh, what an Amish buggy cost and the different styles and amenities that an Amish person can can purchase. Uh, Let's start with the basic. How much does a how much does a, a buggy cost? Well, this is a uh, this is a, a price uh, sheet from uh, a carriage maker in uh, Lancaster County, and it's from 2016. And uh, right at the top, it begins with uh, basic starting price. Uh, says for a, a one seater, uh, four thousand four hundred ninety five dollars. A two seater, four thousand seven hundred twenty five, and a three seater, five thousand two hundred ninety five. Uh, and then includes uh, says you know what that would include, but then there are other things. Things that could be um, uh, could be added, like you could replace the traditional headlamps with LED headlights for $120, for example. So other things that could be uh, added, a, uh, a speedometer for $105. Um, uh, you could have fiberglass wheels instead of uh, wooden spoke wheels for $795 extra. So these are a number of things, as well as uh, choosing the uh, the color for the, the seat upholstery. Um, there's not a, a wide range of colors, but there's some choice uh, there. And so some of those other things that one would uh, choose or could choose. All right. Now, I, this is totally off the wall. We know that uh, Americans love their motor vehicles and uh, take great pride sometimes in the cars that they buy. Mm -hmm. Do Amish do the same thing with their buggies? Uh, I've I've encountered uh, Amish folks, particularly young men, uh, who who also will spend a lot of time washing their buggy, uh, keeping it clean, and uh, uh, take uh, pride in their buggy, as well as uh, perhaps their their horse. Uh, and then other folks um, for whom it really is a mode of transportation, um, and uh, and they're they're not as uh, not as interested in some of those things. Uh, in general. Amish buggies, despite the fact that there are these different kinds of amenities and, and something of a difference in price range, I mean, compared with cars, uh, buggies are, you know, are broadly speaking more egalitarian. I mean, there, there's a right. range in, in price and status symbol uh, is not what you'd find, you know, looking at the, the automobile market. But uh, within, within the Amish world, there certainly is room for some of, that, uh, some of that differentiation for those who care. Amish, I mean, do they have status symbols? 
I mean, are there things that, because, you know, we've always heard that uh, that is, you know, more about the community, about the other person, about giving, right. than, than, you know, being prideful and that right. kind of thing. But yeah. Do they have status symbols? Well, you know, one of the, uh, one of the most important um I guess I would use this language of status symbol. I don't think they would, or, or status, maybe not symbol status. One of the most important elements of status in the Amish community is to um, have all of your children um, join the church. So uh, children join the Amish church usually in their late teens or early 20s. Uh, and so uh, an older person or, or a middle-aged person uh, for whom all their children have joined the church um, that's uh, visibly from the outside uh, world is, is kind of one of those intangible things, but uh, that's probably the most important um, mark of status in the Amish community. Uh, but there, there would be then perhaps some of these uh, more um, visible or, or symbolic uh, things as well. Let's take some phone calls here. Let's see. We have um, Tim, I believe, in Lancaster County. Tim, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Tim. Um, yes, I'm here to, to agree to the fact that the the Amish road or the roads here. I, I live on 896 in Bark Township, and uh, it's basically the horses' hooves that tear up the roads, not not the steel wheels. And uh, um, I firmly believe that they should be licensed and pay for that damage. Mm-hmm. The roads are terribly dangerous when, uh, after about three or four months after a repair. Tim, wh- when you say that it's, uh, the, and you're talking about the horseshoes, yeah. um, what kind of damage do they cause? They're the, that's what puts the ruts in the road. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right, thank you very much for your call. You touched on this a little bit earlier, that that is something to be taken into consideration, not just the steel wheels, but mm-hmm. uh, the, the horseshoes as well. Let's go to Sharon in Hanover. Sharon, you're on the air. Thank you. Um, I do not agree with this proposal because it's an attempt to set up a database for these people, which then I believe would lead to trying to force them into the general insurance industry and uh, which is corrupt and the state the agents tell us that the state requires an annual increase in your insurance rates these people do a good job of taking care of themselves and if this state needs revenue I want a big stiff crackdown on aggressive driving by motorists, Harley enthusiasts, and the noise is head-splitting, and I think it's time to end that party for these very uncourteous and disrespectful drivers. All right, Sharon, thank thank you very much for your call. Uh, As I said, this is an opportunity for many people to to, uh, talk about uh, what's on their mind, about what's on the road. Let's go to Pam in Harrisburg. Pam, you're on the air. Uh, yes, I've got three real quick ones. Uh, number one, is it kosher to pass the uh, horse and buggy on the double yellow line? Also, as a matter of safety for the horse and buggy, please, please, please slow down when you do pass. Over 45 miles an hour, you're going to blow the horse and buggy off the road. And also, I would love to see, instead of the licensing, put up more signage. That would be a nicer move. We don't need the money that desperately. Thank you very much for this great show, and I salute you with my bright orange mug. <laughs> hey, thank you very much for your call. As you've seen, Dr. Dalt, we have a lot of people who, uh, once we open that door for mm-hmm. talking about the horse and buggies on the road, they see other things that could that, that could change uh, as well. Uh, but, you know, something that uh, Pam did mention, uh, she said about uh, blowing by a horse mm-hmm. and buggy. I, I, I know that very often people get impatient when they're in a motor vehicle, especially if they have to wait for another car coming the other way. Mm-hmm. 
she is so right, though. Don't go just because you're impatient or you you're going to take some time getting by that uh, that horse and buggy. Don't go by at forty five miles an hour. Uh, not just for the, the 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 people in the horse and buggy's safety, but for your own as well. Mm-hmm. I mean that uh, yeah. it doesn't make sense to uh, to to do something like that. I I haven't uh, I haven't ridden often in in a buggy, but I I have on occasion, and um, you do have a sense of of vulnerability when you are in a buggy going down the road and uh, and vehicles are, are flying past you. Uh, it's uh, It can be a bit unnerving, I find. Mm. Let's take another phone call from Joe in Dallas Town. Joe, you're on the air. Oh, good morning, Scott. Thanks for the opportunity to weigh in. Uh, I think I'm in agreement with uh, most of the callers. Uh, I am opposed to um, licensing uh, the buggies. Um, so uh, the unintended consequences of doing that uh, will be expectations from the public. And, and I, I think so far you've um, really had a comprehensive uh, input from uh, lots of folks that cover things that I'd like to uh, weigh in on. So uh, my, my uh, expectation would be um, uh, having the public uh, expect the buggies to get out of the way. Um, and the, the one caller that um, uh, said we have to cross the double yellow line, uh, is uh, appropriate, uh, and the buggies are not impeding traffic. So just uh, uh, better education for all motor vehicle drivers. Okay. Thank you very much for your call. Again, we're getting some good tips here and some uh, some good ideas. Now, Evan is in Enola, and Evan has a little bit of a different story. Evan, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I, I really don't have enough information to have an informed opinion. Just share an experience from a couple of years ago when we lived in Holmes County, um, Ohio, which I think had more Amish than Lancaster County, but I'm not sure about that. At any rate, we had just gotten a new car, and we were going for a, a ride in, um, in Holmes County, and we were stopped at a stop sign on a hill, and there was a woman in front of us in an Amish buggy. I could see the buggy starting to drift back, and her hand is grabbing for the brake, and she can't get a hold of the brake, and the buggy's coming and hit the front of our car. Um, by the time I got out to survey the damage, which was minimal, uh, she was gone. And so I, I tell people, we were involved in a hit and trot, and, and wasn't anything we could do about it. And it wasn't, like I said, it was minor damage, but that was our experience, and I was... They asked me to describe the the other vehicle, and I said, well, she had a black dress on and a bonnet. She had a black carriage and was pulled by a brown horse. That's about the best I could do. <laughs> hey, thank you very much for your call. That is an unusual one, but uh, Dr. Noel, I have to say that looking at that uh, manual, that uh, horse and buggy manual here in Pennsylvania, it does touch on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the occasion when uh, there is a collision or, you know, thankfully in that case, it wasn't a bad collision, although, you know, we've had some, some pretty bad ones here mm-hmm. uh, just in the last few months here in central Pennsylvania. But instructing uh, Amish uh, drivers to get out, share information, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, work the same thing you do if it was just two two cars that ran into one another. Uh, you know, she that operator may not have even known that uh, the, it drifted back into the car. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but that that is something that, that that has to be thought of as well. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR news and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. Welcome back to Smart Talk. By the way, if you're tuning in, uh, we had uh, you know, planned on uh, talking about the uh, petroglyphs in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, we've gotten so many phone calls that what we're going to do is uh, push that back to tomorrow. Something else that uh, if you're interested in Pennsylvania history, Native American history, Pennsylvania, especially the lower part of the Susquehanna River Valley, is a hotbed, if you will, for uh, petroglyphs and a very, very interesting conversation there well as well, but uh, we will do that on uh, tomorrow's program. So we do have a few minutes left. If you would like to ask a question, make a comment, give us a call 1-800-729-7532 or send an email to smarttalk at witf.org. I want to read a few of the emails that we received. Lisa says, I think it'd be a better idea to license the buggy drivers rather than the buggies themselves. No doubt that the buggy wheels cause much, cause much damage to our less heavily traveled country roads. 
which they prefer to drive, but it seems that we could address two needs at the same time if we required buggy driver licenses. Uh, too often, I see very young persons driving buggies on roads with traffic that they don't seem to understand. I had a neighbor who started life in a plane sect and driving a buggy. He later converted to a less strict denomination and started driving a car. He thought it would be good for buggy drivers to understand the issues of motorized vehicles, stopping distance, speed, etc., and vice versa. So just another opinion. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have here? Uh, Thomas asks, does anyone take into consideration the money that tourists drop in Pennsylvania for the Amish? Also, the Amish use sleighs on the road. What about the sleighs? You've heard anything about that? No. Yeah. Uh, no, I guess, again, it goes back to the the issue of... Uh, uh, if, if I mean, if this gets uh, if this gets traction in the legislature, there will be, uh, I imagine, another layer of needing to specify exactly which kind of vehicles are meant. Um, that's the issue that that's uh, that came up in Indiana um, because uh, it it ends up being a you know a little more complicated, not impossible, but a little more a little more complicated to figure out exactly uh, which vehicles uh, would with the supply. It's more expensive in Indiana for Amish buggies, right? Well, it depends on the on the county because in Indiana some counties have no no licensing provisions yeah, it's done by and by county have, by county, right? right yeah. yeah, but uh, in Elkhart County, for example, in North Central Indiana, the fee is uh, $50 a year for a buggy and $17 a year for a horse-drawn uh, wagon. Um, I'm not I'm not sure off the top of my head what the what the fees are in some of the neighboring counties, but there in northern Indiana, for example, there's an Amish settlement that spans um, four counties where four counties come together and three of them license uh, buggies and one of them does not. So when you go into town, you see a number of buggies lined up at a store and some of them have license plates and others don't and they're all legal. They're just coming into town from different places. Amish travel over state lines. I mean, I have mm-hmm. seen Amish in, in, in Maryland, and I assume that they were coming from uh, from southern parts of, uh, of, of Pennsylvania. Uh, do those other states recognize the rights of Amish horse and buggies to be on the road? Um, well, I assume so. There are, there are uh, Amish folks in um, more than 30 states, uh, and although there have been some issues um, in certain states with certain Amish groups, like with the Swartz and Troopers and the, the bright orange uh, uh, triangles and, and so on, uh, I have never heard of, of buggies per se being, um, being an issue. Okay. Uh, also, another email. I understand the concern that previous callers have expressed in regards to government overreach. That said, Pennsylvania doesn't have the fiscal flexibility to repair and routinely maintain roads used by buggies. The registration is indeed one way of raising such revenue. However, I'm not sure how the Amish community would respond. Have there been studies to determine their response and participation? It doesn't sound like there has been. In fact, something to mention as part of this conversation, uh, you mentioned, and we've been making a lot of comparisons with Indiana. Indiana has an idea of how many buggies are registered because they are registered on a county-by-county basis. Mm-hmm. I understand here in Pennsylvania, we really have no idea how many horse and buggies there are. Right. Yeah. I um, Just my own uh, uh, estimate, some estimates that we've worked on at the Young Center, you know, there are about 6,500 Amish households in the Lancaster and Chester uh County areas, and then there would be probably another fifteen hundred uh, horse and buggy old order Mennonites in the Lancaster County area. Uh, so maybe about eight thousand households. Uh, if each household would have two vehicles that would fall under uh, this, that would be about sixteen, possibly sixteen thousand vehicles. But we really don't know. Uh, and you can kind of go then community to community, center county. Um, there are about 150 uh, Amish families, households, uh, about 250 in Dolphin County, about 200 and, uh, a little more than 200 in, in Lebanon County. So we could come up with some estimates like that um, with knowing the number of households and, and uh, assuming that perhaps uh, uh, households would have on average, maybe not two, but more than one on average and, and come up with a number. But no, we don't have any, any actual figures. Let's take a phone call from Victor in Lancaster. Victor, you're on the air. Hey, good morning. Thanks good morning. for taking my call. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, being born and raised in Lancaster County, uh, I can actually speak Pennsylvania Dutch to the extent that I know what you're saying. <laughs> so, and I have, we have good Amish friends, Amish neighbors. And uh, I, I've been back and forth on this issue, you know, within in my own thought process throughout the years. When you drive down on 896, as the previous caller had alluded to, and you see the ruts at the hoops cost. 
that they cause in the roadway. It's like, you know, if these guys would maybe pay a license, maybe we could afford to fix this. But, you know, when you do the math on how many people would actually be paying and what they would charge them, you're not going to have money left over to fix the roads. My greater point is this. The Amish community is not a liability to our culture in any respect. They take care of their own. They, uh, you know, they, they don't go on unemployment. They don't go on welfare. They have their own insurance for medical insurance. I mean, they are a model of the people that we need in Lancaster County. And talking to the Amish friends about this very topic, you know, they talk about other states where they can move to where they're not, where the laws aren't as onerous. And there's other communities that they are attracted to. And I think we need to be careful that we don't drive the economics out of Lancaster County, which is a big part of what the Amish community does. They are great for the economics of Lancaster County, if you want to look at it from an economic standpoint. From a personal, philosophical standpoint, I think they just need to be left alone because they are absolutely an asset to our community. Victor, thank you very much for your call. I'm curious, when he said that uh, Pennsylvania has some more onerous laws, uh, like what? Do you have any idea what he would be referring to? Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, Pennsylvania in general doesn't uh, well it's it's my it's my sense that Amish folks don't necessarily perceive Pennsylvania as having particularly um, onerous regulation um, uh, now this is going back historically but Pennsylvania was um, one of the first states to come to a fairly amiable agreement with the Amish with regard to their uh, private schools uh, for example so there's there's I think historically been a fairly good track record of relationship between the Amish and the state in Pennsylvania, or at least no worse than in some other places. One of the things that we find um, in the last, well, 20, 30 years is that as the number of Amish settlements uh, are uh, increasing across the country, as Amish people move to new places and start new communities, um, in maybe in some other parts of a, of a state like Pennsylvania, but also, say, South Dakota or other parts of Wisconsin or Missouri or Kentucky, as Amish people are moving into places where they haven't lived before, that's where we typically find the um, the most uh, community tension um, or or misunderstanding or um, complaints uh, about uh, about the Amish in places where there isn't that historic relationship. So I would say, broadly speaking, um, places like South Central Pennsylvania, uh, from the Amish perspective, have have had um, um, pretty good uh, relations with the community, including including government. Let's take a phone call now from Patrick in Ephrata. Patrick, you're on the air. Hi, Scott. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yes, you're welcome. Uh, I'm I'm in agreement uh, with uh, starting some sort of registration for the vehicles and the license, licensing uh, for the operators. Now, the main reason uh, actually would be for safety, for all folks concerned. You know, it's not just the safety of the, the buggies going down the road and the Amish people, but it's also the safety uh, of uh, the people that are driving vehicles, cars, motorcycles, and, uh, and, and trucks. Uh, you know, uh, the Amish themselves are, are great folks, and I have nothing against their religion, and I think they, they should be allowed to you know, uh, demonstrate their religion in any way that they can. But they, uh, you know, if they don't have registration, we can't actually guide them in, in safety on the, on the highway. It, it seems like they, are, they don't really have the answers with that. And, uh, you know, I think with registration and, and, and operator, operator's licenses, you know, they, they can be guided in what is actually safe on the road, along with, you know, contributing to some of the costs. I think that, you know, for the longest time, they've had a free ride on everybody else, and they are part of this society. They should also contribute. All right. Thank you very much for your call. Let's go to Paul in State College. Paul, you're on the air. Yes. Good morning. morning. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, Sorry I missed a lot of your show, Okay, but I was rushing to get home and hopefully put in my couple cents. You didn't um, speed, did you? I'm sorry? You didn't speed. You didn't go over the speed limit. Oh, no, that. not at all. Well, good, good. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I'm uh, non-Amish, but I am a recreational horse driver, and I know a lot of other recreational horse drivers in Pennsylvania, and we often do have to drive on the roads. Um, and so most of our vehicles do have rubber tires, so they don't cause quite as much damage as the Amish vehicles typically do. But as other callers uh, recognize, the horseshoes do some damage to the road. But I might drive a total of 20 or 25 miles a week um, with my animals, so it's a pretty negligible amount of damage. 
The problem is I have a fair number of buggies. I happen to have five. I have a friend who has ten. Um, we don't use those all the time, but we might intermittently take them out on the road. If we had to register five or ten different vehicles every year, that would become pretty prohibitive. Um, in a similar way, the Amish often have a large number of vehicles because they're used for different purposes. They may have a farm wagon to go down the road with crops. Uh, they may have a buggy that they drive to work every day. If they're required to register every one of those, it seems like it's an excessive burden on them. Um, so I did hear the one caller talk about maybe a license for the driver rather than the buggy. And I guess my two cents would be that that seems like a much more fair way um, to make the system work. And it may give a way to increase um, education and safety among the drivers who are out on the roads. Hey, Paul, thank you very much for your call. Uh, and uh, he brings up some, some really good points. Uh, Dr. Note, we only have a couple minutes left. And as I said at the very beginning, whenever we fo mm -hmm. focus on something related to uh, the Amish way of life, we get a lot of phone calls. We have a lot of interest. We have a lot of, uh, of questions. You know, you touched on we had a caller who mentioned that uh, Central Pennsylvania's Amish community being a little more progressive. Something that we've heard over the last year or so, the 2016 presidential election you know, has, been, has dominated the news over the past uh, two years, heard that uh, there was an effort to get more Amish to vote. I, I don't know how much information you have on that, but did that occur? Mm -hmm. um uh, it's a it's a topic that that uh, that I have a lot of interest in and don't at this point have uh, really good good hard data to to report. Um, although it's something that I'm that I'm looking into, uh, I would say nationally, um, Amish voting is pretty negligible. That is, in most Amish communities in most parts of the United States, no Amish vote. Uh, in the Lancaster area, there's been uh, a long tradition of a small minority of Amish folks voting, like anywhere from 8 to 10 percent. So we're looking into seeing whether in the last election that uh, percentage went up or not. Sounds like another show to me, Dr. Nolte. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Stephen Nolte is a professor of history and Anabaptist studies, senior scholar, Young Center for Anabaptist and Pietist Studies at Elizabethtown College. Thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you. Coming up on uh, tomorrow's show, as you heard, we're going to talk about petroglyphs at, at, at the very least. Something else else wanted to follow up with uh, some additional information from yesterday's show on head injuries, CTE, and football. Dr. Douglas Smith of the University of Pennsylvania Brain Injury and Repair Center is considered one of the nation's experts on brain injuries, but he was not identified on the show as being a member of the National Football League's Scientific Advisory Board. The NFL formed the group of independent experts for medical research over the next five years. Just wanted to mention that so you had as much information as possible. Smart Talk is produced by WITF as part of our mission to deliver relevant, high-quality programming. Support for this program comes from Capital Blue Cross, which shares WITF's commitment to being a valuable and trusted resource for the communities we serve. Capital Blue Cross, live fearless. Smart Talk is also supported by Pinnacle Health Spine Institute, offering a complete range of services to diagnose and treat your spine condition. More information is available at pinnaclehealth.org/spine.